In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WABA and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio 105.1 FM, WABA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm director of ministry for WABA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Folks, as we begin this morning, hear these words from the Proverbs. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. From the moment we are born, we are measured. Man, do we know that these days. Goals are set, achievements counted. When we enter the professional world, the pressure to perform can be all-consuming. Success has a subtle way of making us think that we have it all figured out if we go in that direction, of course. And even as Christians, we are prone to forget that the Lord is our provider and the source of all good things for us. He lived the life we couldn't live, paid the price we couldn't pay, so that we can have the reward we don't deserve, and that's eternal life with him. Well, today we have a special guest here to tell us his own story of clinging to Jesus while he rose to success as a software engineer. Hey, you know the drill. To get us going, to get us started, to introduce our guest for the day is my good friend, co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bell, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. Hey, buddy, good to see you, man. God bless. Hey, thanks, my friend. I love the title of the show, Good News for the City, because it talks about the idea of the gospel and how it is transformative for our city and certainly for us as individuals. And you just hit on this just a second ago, Dennis, about like we live in this world of best practices, right, and performance evaluations. And too often, if we're not careful, we let those sort of like daily, monthly, weekly evaluations begin to answer that question of who am I and what am I supposed to be doing? Uh, And as we know, the problem with this is that you're only as accepted as your last evaluation. And you're only as accepted uh, to the level, by the way, of the person who evaluates you feels. We've all had moments where we've had one uh, person who is our supervisor who may think one way about us. And then you get a brand new supervisor and you do the same job. And that next supervisor has a completely different opinion. Uh, for me, and you know, you mentioned that I'm a pastor at Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn. I have a great privilege of doing that. I love it. But for me, many times I'm only as good as my last sermon, or I'm only as good if I allow that as the last attendance of people who show up during COVID yeah, or not during yeah, COVID on yeah. a holiday weekend or not. It, it is by nature a moving standard. However, yeah, yeah. if God does look and feel towards us, the same way he looks and feels towards Jesus. And by the way, that's what he says for all of us who have a relationship with him. He looks and feels towards us the way he feels towards Jesus. We have ultimate security. And in that ultimate security, it helps us live a life that in many ways is different than what culture would expect us to live. And and that's what I love about the story we're going to hear today from Richard Hollister. It's a life story. Every once in a while, we on this show, we are not promoting something. We're not talking about something involved in. We just want you to hear a story of someone that we would say is a normal person. I know that's a loaded term, 
But Dennis, you know what it's like. People hear us on the radio sometimes. You hear your director of ministry relations. They hear your pastor. And we start talking about how God wants us to live. And they think, yeah, but, and that but means they think somehow or another we're special because of what we do. Uh, but there's nothing about what we do that makes it special. It's about who Jesus is in us that makes any of us special. And this is something that Richard's grasped. I want to give you his quick bio. Richard's a husband and father of three young children. He lives right here in my hometown, Ashburn, Virginia. We don't live too All far right. away. From each other. Yeah. Right. He's a chief architect at Microsoft, and he has recently been mm-hmm. navigating uh, the best way to describe it, the many thorns that come with having success, especially in the corporate, in the corporate world. How do you avoid the the damages that come with financial success, the demands on time, the stress, and and all those things that seem to be good, but if we're not careful, they can undermine our relationship with Jesus Christ, and they can also undermine our relationship with our family. So uh, thanks for joining us, Richard. Appreciate it. Uh, Glad you're here. Glad you can tell your story today. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, well. You know, Brian, I wanted to tell you before you get started, buddy, you know, you're talking about you're only as good as your latest review. Um, man, I get bugged sometimes when Jen puts my reviews up on the refrigerator, man, and yeah. says, I don't know about this one, dude. I don't know. I think you ought to. What do you think, man? I don't know. I'm I don't know. Saying. Well, for a long time, listeners of the show, they know Jen's your wife. If they don't know <laughs> Jen's your wife, they're wondering why your supervisor was in your home putting stuff up on your refrigerator. But that's for a different time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Jennifer is my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a little bit of context. Anyway, welcome, By the way, Richard. Kathy's my wife, if I happen <laughs> to mention her. Uh, Richard, I'm sure you mentioned your wife at some point, but uh, every story has a beginning. Right. Uh, and so for you, uh, take us back. Uh, you started uh, in software engineering. What, what drew you to that? Sure. Uh, that started way back in high school and uh, just playing around on the computer, doing programming. And one of the things that I was interested in and uh, happened to do well in the career as well. Yeah. And so, you know, some of us, when uh, we were in high school, were doing less productive things for our future than that. Uh, Dennis and I would probably apply to that some of us category. But for you, this actually led into actually a career. So talk about how your career has been and and kind of progress us a little bit, because eventually we're going to get to some things where I think uh, many people have found that there's some turning points. So talk about that progression a little bit. Sure. So I have to say, uh, just when you're asked about that and looking at the whole uh, the whole path, um, I really do see uh, the the twists and the bends that happen. Very, very much God was involved in, and mm. it, I, my wife and I have uh, commented after uh, either after I started a new project or started a new position that uh, God really set me up um, at the previous. And so even though uh, the previous turn or switching roles may have been unexpected or switching projects and it ended up not really being what I thought it would be. Um, after the fact, uh, I realized that, wow, God, God really set me up to, for this new position. So, um, yeah, I've always been, uh, you know, first job out of school, even internships as a software developer, software engineer, um, steadily uh, working the way up the corporate ladder, uh, now at Microsoft as a chief engineer over one of our divisions, sorry, chief architect, and uh, um, I love it. Um, it's, it's exactly the kind of work that I love, uh, love doing, and have been very, very blessed by God through it. What is that? Love- hey, Richard, could I ask, buddy, what does that mean? I, I, because I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I can do computers. I can work on computers. Yeah. I can do all that. But what's that mean, man? A chief architect. So what's, what's, 
I get that a lot. I get that a lot. So, um, so the, the, it, it is, it is tricky to, uh, cause I could really geek out over it. <laughs> uh, I guess, I guess the easy way of, of explaining it is, uh, as a, as, as, as an architect over, uh, uh, other cloud architects. Um, so, uh, the Microsoft cloud is, as you know, being in Ashburn, it's data center alley. Um, so we, our, our main focus is helping customers uh, move to the cloud. So off of their on-premises uh, software systems to uh, the Microsoft cloud and, and helping them in that journey. And my role as chief architect is kind of looking at the, the longer, the bigger picture, the longer term. So looking at three years, five years, okay. how we go about doing that, finding commonalities between all the different work that's going on. Um, yeah. uh, so it's... Another way of explaining it is, uh, you know, we have all these captains of ships uh, going around, and I'm, I'm the flag officer in the background, uh, just making sure we're all headed the right direction. I love Thank that you. analogy. Thank I you. think a lot of us know what it's like from time to time to either be on a ship that needs a flag officer or to be the flag officer trying to, to make it happen. And, and you just mentioned a couple minutes ago that looking back, it's clear how God directed. And, you know, the old saying, hindsight is twenty twenty. A biblical saying is, is that God knows exactly the steps he's planning for us and they are clear. Yes, yes. Now for you, what were some turning points for you and your relationship uh, and how it comes to work? Did, have you always, did you grow up knowing Jesus uh, as your savior? Is this something you came to later on? Talk to us a little bit about those things. You know, I have the same story about my spiritual journey uh, that um, I, I grew up in a uh, Christian household um, and it, I, I don't really have a, um, a bright line, uh, you know, mm -hmm. a, a road to Damascus story of like, Hey, there's this bright line of, of, I was a non-believer before and a believer now. Um, I have several peaks that uh, I could point to. Um, there's, you know, my baptism, um, when I was a teenager, I could point to times that I've raised my hand to be, uh, uh for that call to Christ. Yeah. Um, and then um, just on the journey, again, lots of bends and turns, but always steadily growing and growing and God calling me and absolutely also protecting me um, where I could see myself having fallen into temptation, but God just put up walls and it just didn't happen. Yeah. Now, I think a lot of us have this tendency to sort of compartmentalize the the effect of Jesus in our life. By that, I mean, you know, we have uh, our work life, we have our home life, we have our neighborhood life or our social life. You could pick all the different lives you want and, and almost like, okay, Jesus, you're, I'll fully let you lead in this. I'll fully let you lead here. And one of the compartments that many times people make is, is that, well, Jesus is over here in this compartment, maybe for my family, certainly for, you know, Sundays or whenever I gather together in a church community, but when I'm at work, that's something different. But for you, your faith, uh, it, it spreads across all compartments. In fact, that's exactly uh, the prayer that Paul has in Ephesians chapter two, that the fullness, or rather Ephesians chapter three, that the fullness of God would make into every part of our life. Uh, how about for you? How does your faith influence your decisions, how you lead, how you're a flag officer, whatever it might be? Yeah, that, that is, that's great. Uh, it is hard. Um, so it is, it is much easier um, at home, uh, you know, at church. Uh, that's, that's an easy, but in the workplace, uh, it becomes harder and harder, um, especially when you're navigating uh, HR and what's, uh, what's politically correct, what's uh, acceptable. Um, and, and so 
the way I've I've resolved it uh, for for myself at least is is to when I make those decisions, I'm doing them with that lens. Um, and it's it's very easy to again fall in temptation of of not thinking about it um, and and kind of um, especially as you climb the corporate ladder, uh, you become much more aware of power politics and power plays. Um, and and so knowing the game, knowing the game of politics, it's it, you you kind of know what is the right power move and the political move. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's easy to then not factor in, well, what what am I called to do? Yes. Um, and, and what is the right thing to do um, as a believer? And um, and knowing that uh, it may not be the best outcome for your career or for the business. Um, and instead, uh, yeah, focusing on Jesus. Yeah, I think you've brought up a really great point because you've talked about this tension that I would kind of frame this way, that there are times in life where it seems like this is the good thing to do, but every good thing to do doesn't mean it's from God, but everything Mm -hmm. from God is a good thing to do. Mm -hmm. And especially when you hit those tensions, when we talk about at work, well, this seems to be the best way to get a promotion. And and shouldn't I want to have more income so I can support my family? Some people may say, oh, shouldn't I want to have more income so I can support a Christian ministry? You could pick a lot of things that you could say. So that's a good reason to do that. But it may not be God's reason. And, and so I think a lot of times what happens is, is as you mentioned, that you, this temptation of not thinking about it, we don't wake up in the morning and say, hey, I'm not going to think about Jesus today. What happens is a little bit, a little bit over time. He becomes less involved and it just becomes more of a habit to use another overused analogy. It's the frog that starts in one temperature of water, but you can change mm-hmm. it little by little and you're not aware of it. Now, how long have you been married? Where'd you meet your wife? And, and how does that in starting a family impact in your relationship with God and specifically how it works with um, your workplace? Yeah. So uh, my wife and I, we met uh, 10 years ago, or actually we, we met 11 years ago and have been married for 10 years. Uh, we actually met at uh, Frontline at McLean Bible Church, mm-hmm. and uh, she was the the first and only girl that I've ever asked out at church. And um, and <laughs> well, good for you. It worked out for you. I think there's there's a lot of people throughout the Washington metro area that, for those who are familiar with Frontline, was a young adults ministry sponsored by McLean Bible Church many years ago. That that met there, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so, um, yeah, so, uh, we've been married for 10 years, uh, very huge blessing, uh, that she's been in my life. Uh, and I, I feel, uh, just so blessed that we are on the same page, uh, about Jesus, about the same values and raising our children and, uh, um, our house, our, our ministry to our neighbors, to our friends, um, seeing, uh, our relationship, our marriage, our family, as an outreach and um, a way of growing the kingdom. Yeah, this idea of that partnership matters um, in that, you know, I Amen. believe that when we stand Amen. before God, when he's going to ask us about what we've done with what we've been given. If I can make a scriptural case, I would say that it's probably going to start with the spouse because of the covenant relationship there. And then next, mm-hmm. the kids, yes. because they didn't choose, right? And somewhere yeah. along the way, our job, it matters. I'm a pastor. Lots of times people in my profession put our job before our spouse or put, you know, well, I'm working for God at the church. Well, if we are working, we're working for God no matter where it is. But that does come behind those things. And and it, to understand that, though, sometimes in life, it takes people to come in and be involved in our life. And 
and, and learn from them this idea that, you know, we want to learn from our mistakes, but better wisdom is learned at the feet of someone else's mistakes. So yes, who are some is. people that maybe have mentored you professionally, but also spiritually helped you as you walked along this journey? Uh, so by far the, the biggest uh, influence on my spiritual walk uh, was uh, my best friend who after college uh, we, we met up um, and he was very, very intentional about both our friendship and discipleship. Um, he, he just called me out, called me into disciple group and, mm-hmm. and spent uh, six months discipling me and then um, and some other guys. And we uh, just very, very intentional. Um, and that, uh, as I said before, my spiritual walk wasn't, you know, there wasn't this one moment where it was just black and then white uh, cut over. Um, but that was definitely one of those uh, I, I had a I had a slight upward trajectory, and then all and then after his intentionality, it just sharply increased. Um, and so, um, God just took the took that as a sharp bend towards him. Um, it's amazing how God, in His wisdom, puts the right people at the right time in our life um, mm-hmm. to, uh, to to right when we need them too. Uh, and sometimes, Dennis, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. It's not just uh, you know right when we need them; it's the right person because. Sometimes there are certain voices uh, that can speak in our life that can say the same thing as another voice would say, but that's yes. the right voice to say. Absolutely. It, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. as you've gone on this journey, um, Richard, talk about some things that you would say that have been important to you in regards to, to biblical truths uh, that help you stay grounded. I mentioned one in the opening about me, about where I get my identity from, no matter whether or not. Um, you know, my, my occupation is going in a manner to which I would deem successful. Uh, I am an accepted child of God. And so my identity in Jesus Christ yes, has to keep me yes. grounded. That's something we talk about a lot on the show. I'm, I'm sure that's one for you. Uh, maybe you'd want to expand on that or maybe some others. Sure. Um, so uh, actually, I, I do want to go back uh, on, on the other question you had asked yeah. about um, in the corporate world as well. Mm-hmm. I, I really want to give a call out. Um, my The last company I worked for um, was run by uh, very, very strong believers. And um, seeing them in the corporate world uh, behind closed doors, they're, they're making, they're, they're having discussions about uh, just decisions, hard business decisions you have to do, especially when it comes to uh, personnel management and people, and and seeing them uh, uh, make those decisions with a gospel lens yeah. and, and making the right choices and just very, some of the most authentic people I know. Um, and that was very inspirational um, and, and, yeah, just very powerful to see that actually play out um, in the real world. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. And that's, that's so important in every way to, to see those integrated, um, this idea of that we don't have to separate our faith and our principles from, from business. God was the creator of all things. That means he also created business and there's a good godly way to go about it. And I think that's a good example of a biblical truth that helps you keep grounded that, you know, we don't separate those. Are there some other things? Yeah. 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 Um, so, all right, let's, let's do this then. We find ourselves oftentimes in a scenario where um, God opens doors. And so one of the things that Dennis and I talk about from time to time is that, you know, God is always opening doors. The question is whether or not we're seeing them, we're looking for them. um, And when he does it, are we taking advantage of them? And certainly when you find yourself in an atmosphere uh, where uh, it is certainly about business and those sort of things, sometimes 
you make decisions uh, that are the right business decisions that are informed by Jesus, that other people may not quite understand how you got there, whatever it might be. What are some ways that you do then share your faith with, uh, with the people that you work around you? So uh, that, that is a great question. And uh, when, when it comes to that, I, and I'll, I'll admit that I been, have been very terrible about explicitly sharing my faith uh, to, to coworkers. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be, uh, I absolutely try to through example, um, but um, I have been convicted over and over about just, in, just myself um, mm-hmm. that not doing it to the extent of being explicit. So my wife and I, we, we've been on mission trips where we've done evangelism outreach, uh, you know, to people and explicitly, you know, walking them through uh, Romans Road or, mm-hmm. uh, um, but in the workplace, it's definitely something that uh, I feel convicted not doing enough of. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up. And I, it's not my job to, to give you uh, ab- absolution in that way. But there's something about this book, this uh, verse in First Peter chapter 2 that talks about this reality of the first call, especially when we're mm-hmm. out in the world, is to live good lives. It says, live such good lives among those that don't know you. Uh, some versions call them pagans or heathens. There's a lot, a lot of yeah. misunderstood what that word means in our context. But so that even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they're going to see your good deeds, right? And, and glorify God. There's also another verse that talks about was always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that people have within you. And so, you know, speaking without living hope is, is a challenge in our culture. We undermine our credibility. We undermine all of that. And so for someone who's here listening today, and we think, oh man, I've never spoke it. Uh, the good news is, is that you still have the opportunity to speak it when God opens it up. But also the bigger challenge is how are you living day in and day out as a person of hope uh, with your family and work? Do, do people recognize that? And I'm sure you have those sort of moments where people recognize that. And so what I was hoping that you maybe you could do for us is for someone who's listening, right? And they're like, oh, this sounds, it sounds good, but I'm not sure I could do it because if I make the God decision over the seemingly good decision, all these negative things could happen or if I put my family before this, all these things could happen. How would you encourage other professionals, right? Who their desire, their goal uh, is to, to seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. How would you speak into their lives and say, hey, no, not just for me, but also uh, for you? Yeah. Um, so uh, th- I'm also also reminded of the phrase, uh, there's a, I, it's probably an apocryphal quote to uh, uh, Martin Luther, who says uh, that um, the the cobbler doesn't witness to others uh, by putting crosses on the bottom of his shoes, but by making great shoes. Mm, um, yeah. And, uh, and so, um, you know, th- there's something certainly to, hey, doing a good job, doing, letting your works uh, speak for themselves and, and, uh, you know, having that authentic life. Um, I do feel, though, as I said, convicted about at the same time, how will people not how will people know unless someone tells them? Yeah. And actually, you know, absolutely, your your witness and your walk is is a huge part of people knowing. But at the same time, um, you know, actually giving, you know, actually being explicitly and and walking people through um, and telling people about Jesus, about the gospel um, that I feel very convicted about. Yeah. Richard, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your story. And there's so much about your story that I love, but here's one of them. You're also very vulnerable to say it's not all wrapped up in a bow. 
We still got yeah. some work to do and we all have some work to do, right, Dennis? And thank goodness we have Jesus Christ that continues to work in our lives. And I am, it's just, it's very cool to hear. I just love to hear these personal stories. I mean, Richard, we do, we do a lot of folks on this radio program, a lot of ministries, and but it's just so cool to hear people come on and tell their story about how, you know what, these are real life struggles, man. These are real life struggles and, and everybody's probably facing what you're facing. So, hey, brother, thank you. God bless you. Um, give our best to your family and thank you so much for coming on. Folks, I would just urge you to go back and, and listen to Richard's story again. Um, go to goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. You can always call me at the radio station, 703-807-2266, and I can give you more information. But thank you for joining us. Richard, thank you for being with us. God bless you, brother. We'll see you again next week, folks. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.